This is Bobby. And this is Jennifer. And we're from Cleveland, Ohio. And you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine, I just want. <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. All right, welcome to the second hour. Here we go. This is the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome aboard. If you missed the first hour, shame on you. We talked with Adrian Miller about Columbus Hill and who he is and what his history was and how he had his barbecue reputation sullied by a 20,000, 30,000. How many people were... Okay, so it was originally planned for 20,000 VIPs, but 50,000 people showed up. Alcohol was passed out to get people to chill out. That never works. And then a riot ensued. His legacy, a tad tarnished. Then he did smaller parties after that. Go back and get that first hour if you missed it. And you're getting this podcast out of order. This will be Thursday's show coming up. Adrian Miller. Absolutely killed it. Great first-time guest. And then following Adrian was Ben Volpe. We talked about type 1 diabetes six years ago. He's 14 now. Six years ago, he was uh, – eight years ago, sorry. He was diagnosed with uh, juvenile type 1 diabetes. Maybe I'm not saying that right, but it's type 1 regardless. We talked about his diagnosis leading up, what it was like, what his day-to-day is like. Also, we are trying to raise funds here in this Barbecue Central Show-themed telethon. Slash TV-thon, whatever. If you're on Facebook right now, you can hit up my page and watch the live stream. There are links being thrown up there throughout the show. One is through a Facebook donation page. One is also through the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation page, the JDRF page. So if you feel more comfortable donating through there, that's fine. I do ask, I am asking possibly if you give some type of mention to barbecue or central light or something. A lot of you guys like to be anonymous. I get it. I just want to make sure that the people know that the central lights are out in full force supporting Ben and uh, a, what he has had to put up with for the last eight years and also trying to increase the efforts of wiping up and out type one diabetes, if at all possible. And that kind of helps with your cash for research and all that stuff. So Again, if you can prove to me you made a one-time $500 donation, I will match your $500 donation. I only do that once because I'm only, you know, so rich. <laughs> so that's what happened in the first hour. Still to come on this here show, Doug Shiding will be joining me. We'll be talking a little bit about Traeger. We'll be talking a little bit about his past weekend's success. 
at the Bandera Rodeo, I think it was, or something something Bandera-like, if I'm not mistaken. And then we will close the show with Chris LaRocco from Trey Fuels. That's the company that secured the sole manufacturing of Kingsford wood pellets. He's a first-timer. A lot of first-timers tonight. Doug is the only mainstay. Everybody else, first-timer of the show. That's great. All right, let me see here. I got a phone call coming in. So in celebration of the Cavaliers making it to a fourth straight NBA final against the Warriors, not too enthused about that, somehow I have landed Christopher Mad Dog Russo on the phone to give me some breakdown and some thoughts and all of that stuff. So, oh my goodness, how excited are we? And I'm here on the uh, great Barbecue Central Radio Networks talking a little bit about sports. Of course, if you are a fan of Mad Dog Unleashed, you can hear me on the great SiriusXM from 3 to 6 Eastern Time. And I'm here to talk about the great NBA Finals that are going to be taking place here in two days' time. So a quick turnaround for the Golden State Warriors. And uh, I got to tell you here, my friends, these are not the Warriors that we have once known. They are not nearly as deep. I thought Houston really did kind of a choke job. James Harden and the rest of the team, three-point shooting dynamics, absolutely shooting the lights out during the regular season. And then in the finals, uh, the conference finals, didn't show up. Had a little lackluster shooting performance, and I think that ended up catching them up. And next thing you know, you got up and do, wubba do, wubba do, and Golden State is back in the finals on the Eastern Conference. Then we look at the Eastern side, and you got the Cleveland Cavaliers led by LeBron James. Oh, he's the king. You know, I thought I was the king of talk radio. <laughs> Evidently not. Now, I got to tell you, in the East, you know, the East gets a lot of static saying it doesn't have the competition that the Western Conference has. And that was your finals that we just showed. Houston and Golden State. But I'm here to tell you that's not the case. I think LeBron James has something to prove. And he's going to take his Cavaliers to the next level. He's got a bunch of different recruits. He's only had it. Remember. This Cleveland Cavaliers team has only been around for half a season. And they are yet back in the NBA Finals once again. For How many times, let me ask you a fun fact. How many times has LeBron James been in the NBA Finals over the last eight years? If you answered eight, you're correct. Where's that sound effect coming from? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Eight years he's been to the finals. 
And I'm telling you right now, he should be NBA MVP. His season is absolutely tremendous. Oh, absolutely tremendous. And I'm not going to sit here and lollygag at you when I sit here and tell you that there's probably a 75% chance that the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be walking away NBA champions this year. Okay? You can take that to the bank. Let's not talk about $500 donations. Let's talk about real money coming to Mad Dog Russo when I win my bets in Vegas because I'm calling the Cleveland Cavaliers winning in six games. That's right. Six games, Mad Dog? That's right. Look, get off my microphone here. I'm calling in. I'm doing you a favor. I'm taking the first segment in the second hour off of your chest, okay? Let the guy that runs the great SiriusXM finish up his segment here talking about sports, okay? You never talk about sports. Don't even talk about it. Anyway, I say it. I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to give you my high line right now, Cavs and Six. And I don't think it's even going to be that close. I think the Cavs are going to go to Golden State here on Thursday. Probably lose the first game. A little bit of rust to knock off. Got a game plan a little bit. And then they'll probably split the series. Then they come back to Cleveland. They'll win both in Cleveland. You go 2-1. They'll win back again in Golden State. And then they'll close it out in Cleveland this time. Remember 2016? They won it at Golden State. Finally, the Cleveland Cavaliers will win in front of their hometown. And I'm not going to sit there and say that Cleveland's going to burn to the ground. You know, this isn't Detroit. (laughs) Or all those other places that don't know how to celebrate in a great way. Okay? But the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to win in six. This is Christopher Mad Dog Russo. And I'm very excited to take time here on the Barbecue Central Show. Thank you very much. I've had a little bit of tough time getting out here. All right. I'm going to turn it back over to the man that talks about barbecue and grilling like no other, Greg Rempe. Mad Dog Russo, I'm out of here. Wow, that was Christopher Mad Dog Russo right there, in case you missed him. Wow. I had no firm answer that he was actually going to call in and do the segment. But thank God. Either that or somebody did kind of a terrible impression. Did he say calves and six? The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. Hold on. A man actually named me. Now wait. Hold on. He said Cavs and Six, right? Yeah. All right. Hey, I would love to see that. By the way, I'm not necessarily averse to that mindset. I think they might win two in Golden State. LeBron James, man on a mission. Green Mountain Grills is what we're talking about right now. Three different sizes to choose from if you're so inclined. You have the Jim Bowie, which is the big ship of the bunch. You have the Daniel Boons, which is the medium. Then you have the Davy Crockett, which is your tailgate style or your mobile unit, if you will. If you're somebody that likes to hunt and camp or just be mobile at any notice, the Davy Crockett's the one you're going to want to take around if you don't have access to traditional pug 
plug power. You can use the 12-volt adapter right in your vehicle. And you don't have to sacrifice quantity for portability, which is great. You can put a couple pork butts on that bad boy, and you're off and running. You can serve 50 people with two pork butts, depending on how much you eat. I mean, if you eat a lot, it might be 30 people. Still, two pork butts feeds a lot of people. Inexpensive as well. Then you have the Daniel Boone and the Jim Bowie. Both of those will accommodate, you know, Daniel Boone more than Davy Crockett, Jim Bowie more than the Daniel Boone. Sorry. Yeah, the Daniel Boone. Both of those, however, you can rip the guts out and buy that pizza insert. 120 bucks. I'm seeing on Amazon right now. Are you kidding me? This thing turns your Green Mountain Grill into a gourmet high-heat pizza oven. You like those Neapolitan-style pies that are all the rage right now in the live fire cooking and grilling community? Get your dough, roll it out, put on your toppings, lightly sauce, maybe some French mozzarella, a gabagol, a capache. Put it in the oven. And away you go. Three minutes later, maybe, you got fresh pizza ready to go. Pizza party. You can do multiple pizzas in... You can do like 10 pizzas in 20 minutes. Maybe more than that, depending on how heat or how high you're running the cooker. Rule of thumb, wherever the cooker is set at, on the temperature, double in the oven. So 350, get you 700 in the oven. Real easy. Head on over to GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And check out all the products offerings. Then find a dealer. They sell through dealers. Now, the pizza oven insert you can get online, of course, because that's an accessory. But grills sold through dealers. Looking to line up Jason Baker here shortly, actually, to catch up on business with Green Mountain Grills. Doug Scheiding coming up out of the break, pitmaster of Rogue Cookers. Stick around. We'll be right back. Giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. A man actually named Meathead. The author of a barbecue bible. Bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, Smoking with Smithfield Committed Cooks. Make sure to head to smokingwithsmithfield.com and report your first place wins to claim your prizes. Have you registered to compete in the American Royal Pork Loin Ancillary? Smithfield just increased the prize purse to six grand. Make sure to sign up the American Royal website today. And don't forget to sign up for the Smoking with Smithfield Classic, which will be in Richmond, Virginia. That's a Commonwealth. On September 29th. To sign up, reach out to Jesse with Big Papa Smokers at Jesse at BigPapaSmokers.com. All right. Joining me now to talk a little show karma, to talk a little trigger grills, and other stuff, is the official Texas embedded correspondent of this show, Doug Shiding. Doug, how are you, buddy? Doing well. Good evening, Greg. Uh, good evening to you. Happy to have you aboard, as always, Doug. Appreciate you uh, turning it around in successive weeks. You know, the rest of the tools don't get to do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nice shirt, by the way. We're, we're trading shirts here. I'm Rogue Cooker, your horse meat 2018 or 2017? 
2017, but uh, still a hit at the uh, Kentucky Derby and Preakness parties that I went to. Yeah, so like, what was that like? People asking you about it, or were they shy and didn't want to start that conversation, or what? Oh, no, several people asked me about it, and so I asked them, uh, you know, that I was for the ethical uh, and humane slaughter of uh, horses and that uh, here in the U.S., and, you know, rather than shipping them to Canada and Mexico for slaughter or burning them out in the back of the field. <laughs> and they would just kind of look at me and say, what? I said, well, have you really thought of what happens to a horse when they die? And they're like, no, we hadn't really thought about it. And uh-huh. I'm like, well, there's nothing better than horse tartar. Right. Just ask the Europeans. <laughs> just ask the Europeans. We love the Europeans for that. For not much else, but for that, for sure. All right, Doug, yes. so let's talk about the show Karma. You know, last week I had to, in the show open, get out in front of what was a barrage of emails of people saying, oh, Melissa Cookson was on your show last Tuesday, and she didn't win, and the show Karma's BS, and blah, blah, blah. Well, lo and behold, a handsome man named Doug Scheiding does my show, as he does the fourth Tuesday of every month. Bonus, uh, bonus Tuesday this month, we get five instead of four. You didn't say anything about going to a barbecue competition this past weekend. You didn't ask to do any type of promo and or otherwise. And you summarily won out and placed third overall at your cook-off. I mean, if there isn't a better case for show karma just attaching itself to good people, I don't know what better example to prove. It just uh, showed the haters that uh, it does exist. But, uh, yeah, it, perhaps next time I'll ask for a, a little karma, and uh, that'll just give me the extra bu- you know, push to get over. Where were you at this past weekend? I was at the uh, Bandera Rodeo uh, that's in Bandera, Texas, about uh, an hour outside of San Antonio. So it's one I've done since actually – I think this is my eighth or ninth year in a row. Uh, most memorable is is uh, two years ago when we got stuck in a flood there for 17 hours after the cook-off. So, yeah, that. Uh, um, but the, we reserved that year. So I've I've reserved it uh, three times, and I was hoping to uh, to improve on it and get a belt buckle. Uh, so I've got three belt buckles from them. Is there cash that goes along with it, or is Texas really more about the belt buckles and not the cash? Um, yeah, there, there are a few contests that are about the cash, but, uh, it's always about the nice belt buckles because they actually are made by a company in, uh, Bandera called Hyo Silver that makes the belt buckles for the PBR, the professional bull riding association. Oh, really? So these are really nice, you know, have the gold and rubies and, and, uh, and, and very nice. So yeah, I've got, I've got, uh, three of those. So I was hoping to get one more. I was in the lead until the last two calls and, uh, a couple of my friends leapfrogged me. So can heat, uh, Kit Polk of can heat, uh, you know him oh, and, yeah. uh, and then JD, uh, Williamson. So, yeah. These are IBCA contests. Actually, no, it Texas? was an IBCA last year. It was a Lone Star, Lone Star. Uh, contest. LSD. So yeah, they, uh, they they it was a Lone Star, but had a lot of categories. So there were eight turn-ins, believe it or not. Obviously, three only counted towards towards the uh, the grand champion, but there were five other ancillary categories that we also entered as well. Of course, pinto beans, and you know we always have pinto beans. What is the status of Texas competition barbecue right now? Um, I think from the standpoint of most of the people are are still leaning towards IBCA. And so the, you know, the LSBS does have a 
not as many contests as they did last year, but uh, they are, you know, there are some stalwarts and like this one that went back to went back to Lone Star. But uh, most of most of the cookoffs in Texas are still IBCA. Do you see any growth whatsoever of, of KCBS pushing in at all or is whatever they have on the docket pretty much standard year after year? I, I see a few of the cooks wanting to cook more KCBS um, primarily because they get the scoring you know, so that after the cookoff, different than an IBCA, where if you're not on the final table, which is, you know, maybe the the last 18 or 20 uh, in our, you know, suicide round kind of thing, that uh, you don't know where you finish. So you could have finished 21st or you could have finished uh, dead ass last. You, you just don't know. So a lot of people like the KCBS where you do get some feedback and you get uh, scores no matter where you finish. Are they still as popular, the Texas competitions, when you look at just a sheer amount of teams entering in versus a sanctioning body like the Kansas City Barbecue Society? Texas typically has way more teams at any singular event than a KCBS event does. Still the same thing right now? Um, uh, I would say the IBCA is still uh, you know, keeping a lot of the, the high-end number of, of cooks at a, at a cook-off. LSBS is probably a little lower. Um, I was actually going to have this as one of my segments or takes on uh, on our uh, embedded correspondent is that um, it, I think we're seeing a little bit of the, a die down in the number of of cooks out there. So like, uh, you know, in, in some of the last two or three cooks, you know, a lot of times you'll go out there and you've got some bubba's out there um, as uh, as I'll call them. And, you know, they're out there to party. They've got, you know, their offset cooker and it's billowing white smoke and everything. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, turn on the disco ball. It's party. And, uh, you know, they're not probably going to do well the next day. So <laughs> but they help towards the numbers. How many other events do you have competition wise on the docket here over the next handful of months? Well, I'm you know, it's too. I mean, it was it was hot almost all over the U.S. this the, this past weekend. Yeah, so yeah. it was about like 97, 98 degrees and, you know, losing five pounds of water weight on a, you know, Friday and Saturday isn't, isn't great fun for me. But um, I'm going to probably take off June and July and August from a uh, competitive standpoint, mm -hmm. but um, we'll be uh, attending a couple of special events and, and then uh, obviously going to some of the Traeger classes as well. Teaching let's, some of those. Let's talk about Traeger here just for a second. We'll talk about the shop classes here in just a moment. But in regards to the cookers, we've obviously talked. Uh, at, I don't know if we've talked about it specifically, but Chad has talked about it a little bit. There's been sure. the the pro line of cookers, which I think we would probably agree. If you're looking to step into the pellet cooker portion, maybe you have a charcoal cooker and you have a gas grill, and you've heard about these pellet cookers. This is probably a step that you want to take, unless you just have mad cash and you feel pretty good about your skills and you just want to jump into the timberline section the pro is probably like a good stepping stone to gauge whether you think you're going to like pellet cookers and then you could probably step into that timberline what do you like about the pro series oh the the pro series they're workhorses number uh number one the the older grill models have the uh, straight legs Traeger came out with the Pro Series, and it's got the sawhorse legs. They're actually much more sturdy, especially if you're going to transport them around. And so that they have the Pro 22 and the Pro 34, and uh, you can get a, a second shelf on, on each of those. But those are workhorses. They have the new controller, which uh, is, is a little more accurate in terms of, you know, if you set it at 275, it's going to stay pretty close to 275. Um, and so those two grills 
are a good entry level. And a lot of times people buy the Pro 22. I wouldn't recommend it if unless you're, you know, just going to cook a little bit at home. You're always almost always going to want a little extra space in my in my view. So even if you're leaning towards the the Pro 22, I think the the Pro 34 is 9.99, and uh, you know, like on Father's Day, they do a hundred dollars off and those sorts of things. So uh, or throw in a free cover, front shelf, etc. So what kind of a capacity? If you could paint that picture, sometimes people don't have access to a computer or a smartphone. They're driving, listening to the show. How much? meat can you put in a 22 versus a 34 um you know 22 you could you could probably get three racks of ribs uh across maybe four but um you know front to back um i always cut my ribs into 10 10 bones and uh, so i do them front to, front to back on a pro 34 you could probably get five uh five maybe six going across and then you could probably get two on top hmm. now if you use like a rib rack i've i've cooked 16 racks in a pro 34 before wow. using the two uh, traeger rib racks which are like 25 bucks a piece mm -hmm. so and they came out great uh then you have the timberline models obviously we've hyped those up yeah. here on the show and they're out they're doing really well i have an 850 which i'm really falling madly in love with it cooks very evenly the capacity is great you don't need, you can remove the shelves easily depending on what you're cooking or maybe you just don't want it in there because of whatever it is you're cooking you just want the extra top space to work around with what do you think sets the timberline apart from some of the other pellet cookers out there on the market today because you know from a visual standpoint it doesn't have like a, a visual smokestack that you see on one side of the cooker it's all vented out of the back because of that uh, special smoke burn technology Correct. Yeah. The, the, uh, they put over $5 million and they being the new group that purchased Traeger about four years ago, they put about over $5 million in R and D into this, this particular smoker. So, um, it, it's built like a tank. The yep. year 850 weighs 200 and what, 13 pounds, yep, I believe it's heavy. the, the 1300 weighs like 270. So it's, it's built like a tank. And, you know, previously Yoders had always been, you know, kind of had that reputation as being, you know, built heavy, et cetera. So, you know, with the, the, uh, Timberline, it's double insulated. And I actually think that really helps from the standpoint of keeping humidity in the chamber, because, um, I've got, actually got three eight fifties, um, that I use in my competition. I have two, I have two and one backup. Um, you know, so I, I've got, uh, you always have to have a backup. So I've, uh, and I use those exclusively in my competitions. And I think that with the double insulation, it, it keeps a more humidity. So I, I typically cook overnight hmm. and I just let it go. And when I get up the next morning, a lot of times my meat is still moist and it's not dried out with a lot of cookers, you know, it, it, it dries out. So they've got the Wi-Fi uh, capability, you know, controlling things. Um, you know, with with the app and, um, you know, overall, I think they applied for like 16 patents wow. when they released that when they released the Timberline. So, you know, the, there's a lot of advanced uh, features. Um, I use the Super Smoke capability, which is basically between 165 and 225 that uh, you can do a Super Smoke. And and what it's uh, I believe it's what it's actually doing is turning on and off the fan. And, uh, if you get, if you get something done, it also has a keep warm button so you can keep it warm and it actually takes the temperature down. So, um, a lot of different capabilities in addition to the five inches, uh, extra vertical height 
which goes into the smoke technology. So it's built more like a pill versus oval. So I think that uh, that actually helps. It, it just seems really roomy inside. Oh, absolutely. And uh, aesthetically, it looks very roomy when you have the, the lid open as well. So we'll get into the cooking class here in just a second. But uh, I know there seems to be some confusion, whether it's the pro line or the timber line, as you started up. When I read my manual, it said a lid open until fire established and then close your lid. And then I've been seeing scuttlebutt on the internet about should the top be open, should it be down? What can you tell me as uh, you know having an affiliation with Traeger? Well, I, I'm not speaking on behalf of Traeger. I'm, I'm giving my opinion and uh, what I believe to be true through use, et cetera, and what I've read. But let me just state that up sure, front. Sure, sure. On older models, let's say before the Pro Series and the Timberline, had the older, older controller. And that older controller had something called what was called a P setting. And uh, that P setting is the pause. So basically, it's set for 65 seconds, i.e., the auger will not turn except every 65 seconds. So, but you can change that. And, you know, so it's, it's more of a manual thing. And you can change that to 45 seconds. So you can, and I always do that because I actually think that helps with flame outs. Because why wouldn't you want the auger turning more often than not? Now, with the newer, Pro Series, um, so you start with the lid open there because you're trying to get as much oxygen oxygen into the chamber. So that's that's totally true. Start with the with the lid open on the Pro Series and the Timberline. It's a PID controller. So what's happening is is that's a closed feedback loop system. Mm -hmm. So even as you're starting up, it's learning. It's constantly learning based on the ambient temperature outside, etc how many pellets to put in, you know, and how many rotations for the auger to, to, to basically get a, a certain response. And so as you're starting up, you need to have it closed, whether it's the pro or the timberline, because it's learning. And I think what that'll help with is if um, you, as you're cooking, you know, it, it's basically a, a like a sinusoid, a wavy type yep. function yep. where it, you know, overshooting, undershooting, and you're just trying to maintain 275. Maybe it goes 265. But if you start with the lid open, it's learning wrong. It's the the error value that it's calculating, the PID con controller, mm -hmm. is wrong. And so what happens is you get these large spikes. And uh, uh, I've I've gone on some of the, you know, Reddit and Facebook, et cetera. And I've told people what they were having flame out problems, you know, in addition to that they're not you know vacuuming their grill out, but right. you know, not even getting into that subject. Um that uh, to start it with the lid closed and uh, uh, the last two or three people have come back to me in the last month or so and said that has absolutely helped them a hmm. lot with flame outs. All right. So we'll uh, make sure that we keep an eye on that. Next time I start mine, I will do with lid down and report back as well. Uh, lastly, I want to talk about the Shaker, uh, Traeger shop class. I do talk about that in the reads, of course, but you're one of those yeah. class teachers. Um, what can one expect from a class and like where are the ones you're going to be teaching at next? Okay. Um, I've taught four this year and uh, the way that shop classes are done is they're done in, in pairs of two. So the first night is uh, what's considered quote unquote barbecue classics. So we will, uh, uh, we'll do ribs. We'll do um, pizza. We'll do a peach cobbler. Mm. Um, that, that we make. And so, um, and then a, uh, rib or ribeye roast, we will actually take a whole ribeye roast, cut it in front of the class, and then, um, we'll take it, put it on a, 
a timberline, super smoke it for about an hour and a half or so, and then we'll then we'll do a reverse sear um, in front of the class. In addition, we also do a, a smoked lemonade where we use some of the Traeger uh, simple syrup in Tito's, and we'll have that uh, for the class, and we'll teach the class. So basically, we go through the recipes with in front of the class and show them how we would do it. Maybe give them some advanced uh, tips and tricks and things like that um, uh, about how to do the recipes, um, you know, with your ribs, you know, do you wrap, what do you put in the wrap, you know, and those sorts of things uh, for a competition, how we would do it at home. And then the second day is the uh, meat masters class. And that's where we get into some of the big meats where we have smoked lemonade again, but we have uh, chicken, you know, so I, I, of course, do the half chickens here in Texas, um, pork butt brisket mm. and uh, we also do a rib roast and so we do a trim right in front of them um, i actually inject uh right in front of the class um the ones that we do as demos we actually give away at the end of the class and and people take them home it's like this last class i did in huntsville the guy cooked it and you know sent an email in saying it was the best brisket he had ever done so if you go to traeger hashtag traeger shop class you can look at some of the pictures and stuff that people are posting um i mean i've had people say that it was the best $100 they ever spent sort of thing because you're getting a lot of tips and tricks on how to use pellet grills, whether it's a Traeger or some other grill, and also some of the competition type uh, tricks that we may add, which, uh, you know, which can help a, a cook, you know, kind of come along, uh, whether, whether they're a backyard cook trying to, you know, be better for their family or be the best, you know, the best in their neighborhood. And that's $100 for both days? It's $100 per class. Per class, okay. Uh, Per class, so yeah. for the weekend to be a couple, you know, two hundred bucks. I mean, that's pretty cheap. Oh, it's yeah, it's and and we feed them everything too. Yeah. So we prep everything, plus we feed them uh, everything. So you know, the generally the the briskets are the Wagyu uh, Snake River Farms briskets, you know, and yeah. and the um, you know, so the the rib roast is I think is is actually uh, maybe ordered from Snake Snake River Farms too. Wow. Uh, and then, so what do you go to like TraegerGrills.com slash shop class for that? Yes, for like a schedule you, or whatever. yes, exactly. And then yeah. I think the next few are like in South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia. There's actually a road crew that takes a, the Traeger uh, uh, trailer around the U.S. And so they're kind of making stops around the U.S. So, wow. so there's two people on that. And so, yeah, either myself, uh, Chad, uh, Danielle, and then I think Jason's teaching a couple. So my next ones are in uh, Montana. Let's see. And... Uh, Oh, my, uh, actually, my next one is it Inside Out Patio in Toronto, oh. July 13th and 14th. And uh, then after that, I'm doing one at Ace Hardware up in Montana in Great Falls. So, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be fun, actually. No doubt. Really uh, fun. Doug Scheiding is the pitmaster of Rogue Cookers, taking a third place overall this past weekend at the Bandera Rodeo Barbecue Cookoff. Also, he will be teaching some Traeger Shop classes coming up here in July. And at points after. Doug, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. You got it. There he is. My guy, the official Texas embedded correspondent, Doug Scheiding. All guests right appear there. via the Traeger Grills hotline. Mm-mm-mm. Yummy. Well, I don't know about you, but if you have a Traeger and you've been a newer one and you've been firing it up with the lid open because that's what the direction said, maybe there's a whole different thing that we need to be working on like not doing that <laughs> doing it with the lid closed okay well i'm gonna try that out probably at some point this week 
Actually, it'll be tomorrow as I'm getting ready for a pork buck cater. Four pork bucks going on tomorrow. Put them on and then go to work. A Cook Shack manufacturer smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard, on the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job, and with a full line of barbecue spices, sauces, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling, 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or... Follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice and share your passion for barbecue on the world-class barbecue forum. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion. Ed Fast, Eddie Moore, and the FEC 100, PG-1000, always customer favorites. The PG-1000 can double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack Residential Electric Smokers, the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698 or visit the website cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. Helping me close the show, Chris LaRocco. Trey Fuels. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. This segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. And if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232 today. Attention ladies, daughters, sons. Anybody who's not a father's, you want to know what to get your dad for Father's Day? The Fireboard! Thank me later. Thanks again to Doug Scheiding for joining me last segment, talking about Traeger and uh, other such stuff, learning new things. Hey, a few weeks ago I mentioned that I had been putting eyeballs on a new fuel source coming from Kingsford, the longtime charcoal manufacturing heavyweight, that being wood pellets that was... Mostly confirmed last week when I saw bags of pellets, I think at Memphis in May, and then completely confirmed earlier today by my final guest of the evening. Indeed, Kingsford officially in the cooking wood pellet business. So let's go ahead and race to the Traeger Grills hotline and welcome the corporate strategist for Trey Fuels, Clerce Laraco, joining me here on the show. Chris, how are you, buddy? Hey, doing pretty good, Greg. How are you? Absolutely fabulous, Chris. Appreciate you making time here for the show. Kind of short notice, so I appreciate you jumping in on that. Um, what does a corporate strategist do? That sounds very fancy. <laughs> actually, you know, that was an old uh, uh, old uh, title. I'm actually general manager of Trey Fuels and have been now for a couple of years. But what a corporate strategist does is uh, looks outside the company for what's next and brings that into the fold. So it's always looking out towards the future and what consumers need. So when I was visiting the website, treyfuels.com, which is T-R-A-E, treyfuels.com, uh, 
am I correct in thinking that Trey is part of a bigger company? It's just like one that shoot is, off. Yeah, that is correct. Trey is a subsidiary of uh, the parent company, EnviroTech Services. So, what does EnviroTech Services do, and how does Trey Fuels fit into that glove? So, EnviroTech Services is a, a de-icing and dust control company. <clears throat> we produce and distribute products all from the state of Washington onto uh, Maryland, and primarily it's used in road de-icing or for dust control on rural roads or unpaved roads, um, keeping you know drivers safe during the winter season. And we operate mostly in the snow belts. Have you always? And Trey Fuels was a, go ahead. No, no, please go ahead. And Trey Fuels was a diversification uh, into us, obviously a weather-related industry, but uh, something that uh, the owner of EnviroTech uh, was became enamored by. I'm very interested in the uh, wood, wood, you know, the, the wood fuels, the renewable energy space. Obviously, a uh, big deal has been for a while. So diversified into that. How long has Trey Fuels been part of that parent company then? Is it something that's been new-ish, or has it been pretty long-lasting at this point? That's about four years in now. Okay. So fairly new. Yeah, fairly new. Correct, yes. So was the initial getting into it from a wood pellet heating side, like your home and stuff like that, fireplaces or wood pellet wood stoves, or was it traditionally for cooking? No, no. Uh, initially, it was, as you said, for uh, home heating and also for the European markets. A lot of uh, European utilities have converted from coal over to wood pellets. Um, so that was part of the the overall strategy uh, of acquiring trade fuels is to be in those markets. What process, and uh, I'm not looking for any trade secrets here or if there are any, but like how is your, what's your pellet making process? Uh, pellet making processes, um, you know, we, we use pulp wood, which is, you know, obviously the top 20 or 30 you know, feet of the tree. And we debark it, chip it, hammer it, get it down to a fiber size that's uh, something that can be pelletized. So it's more of a traditional operation. Uh, some folks use only residuals that they can buy from sawmills and what have you. Um, we, we do both. From a everybody likes to talk about green and sustainability and stuff like that. Like what's the, the mission or the, the company vision there on either replacing what you're taking or, or how are you taking what you're taking in order to, to make sure everything is uh, sustainable? Right. So what we, you know, the, our supply chain um, looks at what would be normally left in the field or what would normally go to uh, pulp and paper. Uh, we don't use, uh, any of the uh, waste woods that come from local communities into our process, but we use what would be considered <clears throat> anything that's not used for a saw log for you know building materials. When you look at other cooking pellet manufacturers, uh, we'll do a little differentiator here. You know, there's always uh, initially it was pellets that had a decent base of oak for BTUs, let's say, you know, 50%, maybe 60%, and then they were putting in a certain percentage of whatever the actual flavor on the bag was, whether it be apple or cherry or hickory or or you name it. But the oak was there 
for BTUs. The other stuff was there for the quote unquote flavor. And then over time, I started seeing, for instance, the the first time I ever saw a hundred percent hickory pellet was from Cook Shack a number of years ago. Now that's obviously since morphed into other pellet makers making one hundred percent hickory or some of these other woods. Then I guess Apple doesn't really generate the BTU, so you don't really want a hundred percent apple wood. And I would assume that trickles down to some of the other species. But how is your pellet different from some of the other cooking pellets that are out there on the market? Well, you know, uh, along those same lines. So when you look at what was originally available in the marketplace and still is available in the marketplace, you're absolutely correct in saying that uh, a lot of what we consider filler woods, uh, oak, alder, what have you, were put into the blend and not necessarily, in my opinion, for BTU, because when we have our pellets, our 100% hickory, cherry, oak, compared to um, the leading brands in terms of BTU, those are right in line um, with the BTU values of around 8,000. So what really drives a pellet um, manufacturer to be able to produce a 100% species product really is the wood basket that they're in. So the wood basket that they're in and the logging operations that are nearby to help, you know, bring that supply of cherry, apple, hickory, you know, oak, what have you, into the facility and to be able to process it um, is a big deal. So what differentiates us is we we saw the market, we know what we, we know what other people are doing. And we, we thought it was a little disingenuous because if you put hickory on the bag and it's really not hickory, then what are, you, what are your meat flavors um, or the palate of flavors? What are you really getting there? So the concept behind bringing this 100% species product to market, obviously with the Kingsford brand on it, um, was really about quality and a high quality and a premium pellet. In, in a bigger way, um, the, the folks that you just mentioned, they were the, like you said, one of the first people to start bringing 100% hickory to the market. So um, we're taking that same concept and we're just doing it in a bigger way with the Kingsford brand. Chris Larocco joining me here from Trey Fuels. Chris, Kingsford known for charcoal, right? I mean, they are the, the, the titans of the charcoal industry, uh, different variations of charcoal as well, but never up until this point pellets any idea why they decided to get into the pellet game well it's um it's a space that's growing and it's growing rapidly uh, the introduction of lower cost devices out over the past couple of seasons have only compelled consumers to you know uh, involve themselves in pellet grilling and so that can't be ignored anymore it's taking over a large space within the grilling community. Um, just like lump charcoal was, you know, a, a big deal and it still is a big deal. Uh, it just can't be ignored anymore. It's such, it, it, it just continues to grow. And Kingsford, you know, looked at the space and obviously we've partnered with Kingsford um, because it's on the fuel side. The pellets are on the fuel side, just like the briquettes are on the fuel side or the, um, you know, we've got, they've also got chips and chunks as well. So 
Um, it's something that they wanted to do, and uh, we worked with them for about a year, and uh, came you know came out of that as the sole licensee for the product. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I would imagine that when a company like Kingsford is out looking for a partner in this kind of a venture, that there's probably a fairly extensive, if not extremely extensive, vetting process that goes through. Obviously, their name is going to go on the bag. Trey Fuel making it, but still Kingsford is kind of a live fire grilling and industry leading name. How do you guys end up securing the business? Did they just like the way you guys operated? Did they like quality of product? Was it kind of a combination of all those things? Yeah, you just hit the nail right on the head. That's exactly right. And the due diligence process was uh, fairly extensive. So everything you said is absolutely correct. Uh, for them to put their name on a product, obviously, it's going to be a little bit more extensive than <laughs> us trying to go it alone or anybody else for that matter. Have you? Did you guys ever think about making like tray fuels cooking pellets and trying to bring them to market yourselves? We absolutely did, and in such a crowded market space, it's very difficult for a producer to to do that. Uh, most of you know the the folks that have been around for a long time have secured their position; they've cemented it. Uh, very difficult to open doors. So, for us, obviously, and the relationship with Kingsford has helped us be able to bring this product to market. Do you know? Which would be very difficult to do on your own. Do you know if they ever considered? taking it in-house? I mean, they have uh, a couple different charcoal manufacturing facilities across the country. Obviously, that doesn't relate to pellets, but do you know if that was something under consideration? No, no I'm not aware of any of that. Does partnering with Kingsford open doors for tray fuels now to do more private labeling? Like if I wanted to do barbecue central cooking pellets, uh, are you open to other partnerships or does partnering with Kingsford now pretty much tie you up as far as pellet production? Yeah, pellet production, we're, we're pretty tied up. But if you can imagine the <laughs> amount of interest that we're getting, um, you know, via the Kingsford relationship, um, it's, um, it's becoming, um, it's becoming uh, you know, bigger by the day. And so to venture off and try to do something else, um, it's just not something that we would, be, we would even want to do. Pure speculation on my point here with the statement I'm about to make, and I'll ask you to make pure speculation as well from an answer standpoint. I think there has to be another shoe that is going to drop, and that being potentially a Kingsford pellet cooker. Total solution. You're making the pellets. They got a pellet cooker. It seems like a match made in heaven. Any idea if that might happen? Yeah, I believe that, you know, that has, uh, that has been um, pitched. I do believe that's something that's on the horizon. Um, I wouldn't doubt that that's something that's on the horizon right now. So it just makes sense to be a total solution. You are correct. Could there be a, this is totally off base and really has nothing to do with Kingsford other than they make charcoal, but could there be a charcoal pellet made or by the time it gets to a charcoal state, can you not really make it a, what we would no, know you, as a pellet? Really, no, you couldn't do that. No, it's just, you can't pelletize it, obviously. Um, there are people that are um, doing a lot of carbonization right now and, you know, various uh, for soil remediation and what have you. That's another growing industry, um, but that's not something that um, would be used for any grilling. And it would be, I don't know, from an engineering uh, perspective, if it's even possible. 
is this available? The the Kingsford pellets are they available for sale like in special locations across the country right now, or is it nationwide? If you go on Amazon or various retail locations, yeah, Amazon or nationwide uh, retail locations currently in fifteen Cabela's. Uh, started testing uh, last season with them, and this month we are rolling out into uh, 172 Lowe's stores with the potential of going to 1,200, and also uh, all of the uh, Sears uh, hometown stores are going to be uh, carrying the uh, competition blend pellet. Yeah, so you got and the com- we've got a bunch of other products in the works. So yeah, you got the competition blend out right now. You also have the 100 percent. Hickory pellet. What's the price point, and what are you getting from a volume standpoint for the price? Um, so the price point, the the on shelf price right now for the um, hickory and the competition blend are uh, eighteen ninety nine, and we are rolling out a ten pound bag exclusive to Lowe's for this season, and the price point there, I believe, is going to be eleven ninety nine. <clears throat> Apologize. And Lowe's will also have uh, 100% oak and cherry in their product mix. So you can get four types at Lowe's versus the two types that we have out right now in a 20-pound bag. All right. So the 1899 is 20-pound bag. Correct. Okay. So it's right in line with pretty much everything else. Uh, so yep. go on Amazon if you want it. Otherwise, keep your eyes out on Lowe's stores and Cabela's as well in a limited run. We're talking with Chris LaRocco from Trey Fuels. Chris, really appreciate the time tonight. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you, Greg. Take care. You got it. There he is, Chris Loracco. I want to say corporate strategies, but he's All general guests manager. appear via a, the Traeger Grills hotline. It's a fun type. Mm-hmm. Well, look at that. Yummy. Man, imagine you're the pellet manufacturer that gets to private label Kingsford pellets. That's like a pretty big deal, I think. I wonder how many of the other pellet manufacturers were solicited. Were all pellet manufacturers on the board for Kingsford? I got to get Kingsford in on this. That was the pellet manufacturer's side. Another first-time guest doing a bang-up job. Good job, Chris. Thank you. We'll come back and wrap up the show right after this. Uh, But first, let me talk to you quickly about... Traeger Grills. That's right. Behind every great meal is a great grill. But not just any grill, a Traeger grill. And the Timberline is Traeger's most advanced grill yet. It allows you to grill, smoke, bake, roast, braise, and barbecue like a pro, no matter what your level of experience, thanks to the incredible wood fire taste. Seriously, you don't know flavor till you're cooking with it. Traeger grills use all natural hardwood pellets as fuel, so you're literally cooking with flavor. From low and slow smoked ribs to a seared steak, even a baked apple pie, Traegers can handle it all. And the Traeger Timberline makes it even easier thanks to the Wi-Fi capability. You can check on your cooks, kick up temperatures, and set custom cook cycles anytime, anywhere, all from your phone through the Traeger Grill app. In fact, I used it just this past weekend to check on the brisket that I made, which, by the way, was really awesome. By the way, unsolicited shout-out to Danny and the homies over at Barbecue Smokehouse for the brisket hookup. Appreciate that. They gave me the raw brisket. They did the brisket fashion show. Loved it. Find a Traeger Grill dealer to check out the products or check them out online, TraegerGrills.com. As we talked about with Doug Scheiding two segments ago, want to beef up your barbecue game? Yeah. 
Traeger Shop classes going from coast to coast right now, bringing you barbecue knowledge and amazing wood-fired food everywhere you go. Taught by professional pitmasters, you'll take home all the skills you need to reach barbecue glory. Find a shop class near you and sign up today at TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. Once again, that's TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. Doug will be in Toronto, I think, and then in Montana. Meanwhile, he's HQ'd in Texas. Frequent flyer miles, Dougie. Buckle up. All right, we're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. We have some times for phone calls, too, if you want to jump in real quick. 216-220-0966. Don't forget, as we close out the show, make sure that you hit up the Facebook donations. Try and get Ben to that $6,000 watermark of revenue for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And there's a Facebook donation page as well. So whichever one you want to use, please donate. Don't forget. First one to do a singular donation of $500 and can prove it to me, I will also donate $500. Very easy. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. Thanks again to Chris Morocco from Trey Fuels joining me talking about the new partnership with Kingsford on their cooking wood pellets. They'll actually have four different flavors, oak, cherry, hickory. And the competition blend, which I believe is 45% oak, hickory, and then 10% cherry. I think that's right. Going from memory, by the way. TreyFuels.com to check out their website if you want to do that. T-R-A-E, T-R-A-E Fuels.com. All right, let's go ahead and get ready to wrap it up all the way back in the first hour. First timer to the show, Adrian Miller, Soul Food Scholar at Soul Food Scholar on Twitter, Soul Food Scholar. Actually, uh, I believe it's adrianmiller.com is his website. Let me pull it up here real quick. Yeah, Adrian Miller, A-D-R-I-A-N, adrianmiller.com, his website, at Food Scholar on the Twitter if you want to check him out. After that, it was Ben Volpe. We were talking about type 1 diabetes. Again, running that... Telethon, Visualathon, Thingathon right now. Facebook links are up on the show feed right now. Hit up either site, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation or the Facebook donation page that are listed and donate. See if we can't get him to six grand. In the second hour, Doug Scheiding showed up and we talked about his third place overall finish in Bandera this past weekend. Show Karma lives and reigns supreme as always. A little bit about the Traeger models, the Pro and the Timberline. We didn't talk about the Tailgater. I meant to talk about the tailgater, Dougie. Damn it. Talked about how to light the new models with the lid uh, lid shut. Lid shut. And rounding it out with Chris LaRocco at TreyFuels. TreyFuels.com. They are the pellet manufacturer for Kingsford new wood pellets that are going into the cooking market. There you go. Big show lined up for you next week already, if you can believe it. Ray Lampy and a cast of others. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. 
Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.